Tonight, Lou will give us some thoughts of building the city of God. Please welcome Lou. Good evening. Thank you for being here. Lent, the first day, we have six weeks to transform our lives and to give back to God. And the Stations of the Cross reminds me what I have to do and how I fail. In any case, 35 years of ministry. St. Joseph Radio began uh, in California. And what I want to do is, is briefly give you some uh, insight as to how, how we began and why we, did, why, do, why we do the work we do as a volunteer ministry. In, in California, whatever you heard about California is true. And I'm not going any further. <laughs> it is true. And I would, I would take my children to school, and I would, a friend of mine, a Protestant friend of mine, introduced me to uh, Protestant radio, talk radio. And I would listen to these radio programs, and inevitably, there was always a former Catholic telling me what we believed as Catholics and they were always wrong. And poor Mary, they would always attack Mary. Well, one day, I called this network, and I had it. I said, I'm going to tell them the truth. So I called them, and I said, you know, you're absolutely wrong. I'd like to set the record straight and clarify what we believe as Catholics. And he said to me, well, we're not interested in that. Click, and he hung up. And I thought, how could you do this? I thought you were open for truth. Well, come to realize, you know, and, and I'm sure many of you have experienced the same encounters. People that left the Catholic Church, and then they need to justify their departure. So what do you do? You attack the church that you knew nothing about. And, and it's such a true statement today. Um, we, have, we have much work to do. And... The ministry, when that happened in California, what, what we did, I, I gathered some people and we started producing Catholic radio programs. And we would, oh, it was just hilarious. I had no idea what I was doing. And I just, I just said yes. Because you see, I would go on retreats about every three months. And of course, I knew I had to follow the will of God. So I need to put forth action. Not knowing what I was doing, I was producing programming, and we would take Bishop Sheen, for instance, and, and um, edit some of his programs, and we would put half-hour segments. Now, I had to, ironically, I had to purchase airtime from Protestant stations. They liked Catholic money. And so I would purchase airtime, and uh, as soon as we sounded too Catholic, they bumped us off and I had to purchase airtime from another station. So this went on for about two years. However, during that period of time, we were evangelizing our non-Catholic friends. We were evangelizing people that, in 35 years ago now, there was no such thing as Catholic radio, so, so it was new to them. I remember during Lent one year, I advertised and we created the Stations of the Cross. Now, if you can imagine, we're on the air every day in Southern California at noon. How this happened, I'll never know. We had absolutely no money. 
And I remember turning to God and saying, you know, as an emotional Italian, I would sit there and, and tears would come down. How am I gonna do this? I don't know what I'm doing and we have no money. And he, from the depths of my heart, he said, whose apostolate is this anyway? They abandoned me. And I thought, that's true, this is your apostolate. So then I started writing checks with money that we didn't have, and I told him that he needed to pay for it. One day I wrote a check for $2,500. The next day we got a $2,500 donation. Then I became really dangerous. Now I'm not recommending that. I'm definitely not recommending that. But, but I had to go out on a limb. I had to show God that, yes, I trust you. I trust you, in spite of me, I'm going to do whatever you ask of me. So we created these programs. We were on in Orange County, San Bernardino Diocese, Los Angeles Diocese, and Santa Barbara. That was a miracle. And we were still just pretending we knew what we were doing. And every time we needed something, God would send someone to assist us. And that's how we created St. Joseph Radio. Now, move forward. About 15 years ago, I thought I was moving to St. Louis to retire. And I remember when I moved here, and I moved here for my son. I have two sons, and it wasn't mentioned here, but I have two sons and 18 grandchildren. Now, one's in heaven, but my sons believe in the church's teaching. And they blessed me with all these grandchildren. Now, how can I not serve God to change the world. Because if you think about it, where we are today, let, let's even think about 40 years ago. We were told these past 40 years, never talk religion and politics. And to this day, I remember my sister telling me that very thing. Oh no, we must not talk about religion or politics. And I thought about that. I thought, really? I think that's why we're in the mess we're in. I think that's why our country has become pagan. I just heard that Walmart is selling Satanism material. Satanism material. This is how low we have stooped. Our, our people, our children, our society, we have denied God and we don't want to offend our fellow man, so therefore, we will offend God. And I think there's something wrong with that. And, and I'm, I'm not talking about you, because as Catholics, those of us that are faithful, we're trying desperately to live the message of Christ. We're trying to live that message and change the world. But I've come to the conclusion it's only in serving God and bringing God to the world that we can, in fact, make a difference. And that is our motto, changing the world one soul at a time. Now I'm gonna tell you how to do it. You can imagine 35 years I've had very many encounters. Some of them have been rather humorous. Now this may not apply to you, but I'm giving you stories of how I have been blessed to, be, to bring Jesus to others and to the world. And I, I give you these ideas so that maybe there's something there that will trigger a desire in you to want to do the same. Now, we're all called in different ways, and I want to clarify that. I've been called in ministry. But God 
calls us. Matter of fact, he, he begs us to be his hands, his feet, his mouth, his heart. He asks us to go forth and bring the message on his behalf. So if I can inspire anything that we leave here wanting to serve God in a more fulfilling way, by all means, please do so. Some of the encounters that I've had, <laughs> I remember when I moved here, I was at a parish, they were doing a mission and, and we were asked to record the mission and I came outside and there was this gentleman outside on a hill with a camera. Well, whenever I see someone with a camera, oh, maybe he can work for St. Joseph Radio. He has equipment. Now, no one is, is required to be qualified. Matter of fact, if you come to me and say, I have no idea, I have absolutely no qualifications, so therefore I can't work with you. No, I'm telling you, you're just the person God sent because he qualifies us. So this gentleman, when I went up and I said, oh, I may be able to use your material. And he looked at me, he said, no, you don't want my material, I'm an atheist. And I said, oh, really, great. And I ran up the hill and I talked to him for a half hour. That gentleman has been to our office three times. And I, he comes to the office and we spend two hours talking. And he's just, he, he doesn't know, but he is searching. He's, he's, he wants the desire to believe, but he doesn't know how to go about it. So my first encounter was him, with him was an invitation to our office, and that's what we did. And so he's been there three times. I gave him green scapulas, those scapulas that you put under someone's bed and, and, and you pray for their conversion. So, and I keep telling him that I can't wait for him to convert because he's gonna be an awesome speaker on behalf of the church. And he just looks at me and he just gets a bit frazzled, but it's okay, he still comes back. So that's, that's one way of, of evangelizing. I remember another time I was in a restaurant. Now, and I want to encourage you, any of you, we all go out to eat. Whenever you see young families, I want to encourage you to praise that family. Always mention, oh, your children are beautiful. How wonderful. What I usually do, the last family that I ran into, they're in this restaurant and there was a mom, dad, and three children. And of course, I went up to them and I said, oh, your children are beautiful. What a wonderful family. And then I turned to them and I said, and remember, God has lots of money, so have more. And they look at me, oh. But then the, a smile came on. I said, children are so wonderful. Then I proceed with, and my son has 12 children. And then they really, I mean, they just, oh, how can that happen? I can hardly handle three. She started crying because she was having such a terrible day that she was feeling totally inadequate as a mom. And she was feeling, what am I doing? Why, you know, I, I'm just failing miserably. And I was able to console her and give the message of Christ in a way that all she could do is look at me and say, thank you, you are my angel today. You know, it was just a few words of kindness and that's, that's the secret. You know, another motto that I try to hold on to, and if you don't remember anything else, remember this. Let people know you care so they care what you know. 
That is so very important. You know, when you go through the, the, the shopping, you're shopping and, and you're paying your bill, I can't tell you how many times I'll see someone's name and it'll say, like one woman, her name's Teresa. Oh, Teresa, what a beautiful name. Do you know about your saint? And they look at me. Well, it turned out, yeah, I, I, I was Catholic in India. Really, did you know Mother Teresa? Well, no. Well, why aren't you Catholic today? Asking questions. You don't have to do anything but inspire them to talk about what they believe. And so we had a wonderful conversation and I invited her back to the church and I said, you know, the church of your baptism, Jesus is calling you through the Eucharist. Do you remember the Eucharist? Oh yes, I do. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. Return to him. Well, I'm thinking of going to, to another religion. I said, but don't you wanna be, be with the church founded by Christ? The church founded 2,000 years ago with St. Peter as our first pope? You need to think about that and pray about that and see where God's calling you. Now someone might say, well, at least she's going to church. Yes, you want them to have a relationship with God, but we want people to have the fullness of Christ and sometimes it might take a reminder of what they're giving up. It's that reminder, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. So, so whenever we have an opportunity, that's what we wanna do. I remember um, whenever I'm flying, I'll be flying, because we do have an office in California, and, and uh, inevitably, I, I try not to talk to anyone, because then we end up talking about religion for the whole flight, and it, it can be difficult. And one time, and every so often, someone will turn to me and say, so, are you traveling with biz for business or pleasure? Well, it's business, and what do you do? And I work for St. Joseph Catholic Radio. I work for the Catholic Church, and whatever you heard about the Catholic Church isn't true. And then I say, well, on second thought, it is true, we're just cleaning house. And their next comment is, I used to be Catholic. And then following I used to be Catholic is, um, in this case, this gentleman talked about, you know, why do you worship Mary? Poor Mary. So we spent the whole flight talking about Mary and I basically told him, why? how would you like someone to talk about your mother that way? And he was telling me he was meeting Christian girls, but he was meeting Christian girls in, 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 in bars. You can tell I, I parked the car in the Harvard Yard. Anyway, she, um, he was meeting girls in the wrong place and I reminded him that. And I told him when we departed, I says, I'm gonna be praying for you and I'm also gonna pray that you find that special woman and her name is gonna be Mary and you're gonna remember about Mary, our Blessed Mother. You know, so just conversation, letting people know you care so they care what you know. Um, what I wanna do now is just briefly go through some of the sacraments. The sacraments are an opportunity for us to evangelize as they become a celebration. For example, baptism. Whenever there's a baptism, it's very special for the child. It's very special for the parents and they always have a gathering at the home. Well, what's a good idea, along with the gift for the baby, would be a gift for the grandparent, for the godparents. You know, something like we have a CD and I brought some CDs with me for any donation but why we baptize babies. 
I don't know if anyone understands why we baptize babies. Or I might give that to the parent. I'll, I'll purchase something for the dad. You know, something, how to be a real man in Christ. Because you see, as we all will recall, when we had our first child, that first child was gonna be perfect. And every child of ours was going to be perfect. So we need to help them at that baptism to, to bring that child to perfection. Now, what does that mean? The perfection as we see it would be to inspire them to become a true child of God and to live the message of Christ as they grow up. But that applies not only to the children, but to the parents and the godparents as well. And your influence talking to, talking to the child Mentioning the Christian name of the child, maybe it's not a Christian name, but, but figure out, you know, let's see, it's, it's Crystal, okay, well think of Christine and say, well, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a nickname of Christine, Saint Christine, and tell them about their, their saint, their patron saint. Introduce the patron saint of these children. You're gonna be introducing the parents to the patron saint as well. So not only are you giving a gift of faith to the baptized baby, but you're also giving the desire to want to know more about the Catholic Church, and it's your encounter that's gonna make that happen. First Communion, now that's really um, interesting. I was asked to speak at a parish and to the parents, and one woman turned to me, and, and I brought this Miracle of the Eucharist cards, and I have some out there free for you to take. Please, please do so. And she looked at this card, and she said, oh my. I told my daughter, who just received First Communion, that it was symbolic, that it was not really the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. This mom, practicing Catholic, had no idea that it was really Jesus Christ, nor did her children, nor did the parents. That's where a simple card, so when they have a celebration, you bring those, those Miracle of the Eucharist cards and you just put them on the table where everyone's eating. You put them there and you just remind them, this is what you did, sweetheart. This is who you received today. You received Christ. Isn't it exciting? You're going to develop a demeanor in that child that is gonna be so pleasing to Almighty God and she will remember this. So don't let anyone intimidate you by saying, oh, you're just too Catholic. You're just too religious. You know, just talk to the child and nurture that relationship with God. We all can do it. You don't have to be overpowering. Now that's another thing, and I'll, I'll mention at this point, which sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but I'm not. With our own children, you want to give them, in one hand, the freedom not to be Catholic. What I mean by that is you don't want to badger them. You don't want to lecture them. But a good conversation works every time. Now, how do you develop conversation? Especially all these years, I've never really talked about God. I've never really discussed it because it's awkward. So what you do is when you're having a dinner, breakfast, lunch, or dinner with your children, all of a sudden, think about, oh, my goodness, I forgot to go to confession today. That opens all kinds of conversations. Oh, mom, are you serious? You think you have to go to confession? Well, yes. But then you follow up, well, don't you? Well, mom, this is ridiculous. Well, why do you feel that way? You need to ask 
questions. Now, you're not demanding anything of them, but you're asking questions. Why do they believe the way they do? What, what caused them to make a decision to leave the church, maybe? They have a reason. Now, 99% of the time, and I hate to say this, but it's a matter of convenience. You know, society says, church, we don't need it. We don't need God. Unfortunately, we have all become our own gods. And our children, unfortunately, behave that way. Um, so what, I, what I've started doing is just looking at someone and, and reminding them that, you know, I love you so much. Don't you want to be in heaven with me? You know, I want you to be with me. Please pray about this. Now, another thing would be, say, for Father's Day, son, let's meet at Mass, let's go to Mass, and then we'll go to breakfast. Mary, let's, let's, let's meet at Mass and go to breakfast. Well, I'll just meet you at breakfast. No, 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 this is my gift to me. I want, as a gift, for you to attend Mass with me, and then we'll, and then we'll go, to, go to breakfast. Then at breakfast, you can ask, why didn't you want to go to Mass? Do you remember this? Just ask questions. Ask questions. Help them to contemplate what it is that they may have left behind. Now, you all know that whenever there's a crisis in anyone's life, we're the ones that they call, isn't it? You know, they call us and they say, would you please pray for this? Will you pray for that? So, so the connection is there. You just have to keep reminding them. Be the voice of God. Trigger the desire to want to know more. Now, this happened with a friend in California. He, was, he would come to our office and he'd buy all this material because his son, who was a military pilot, was very anti-Catholic. And his dad would, would talk to him and give him all kinds of material, apologetics and church teaching. He would just give him everything and the son just thought his dad was crazy. However, a few years passed and our Lord answered the dad's prayers. He gave him a co-pilot that was a devout Catholic. So dad no longer had to speak. The co-pilot took over and this gentleman returned to the faith. So when you have someone, a child that's out of the church, what you can do is pray that a Catholic girl comes into their life. Or maybe, maybe she is Catholic, your daughter's Catholic, she's not practicing, but she wants to get married in the church, and, and you have a wonderful pastor here that I'm sure reminds them of what it means to be Catholic. But a nice gift to give a person for their wedding day, along with a cross, would be if the person, one of the, one of the individuals is not Catholic, you give them a packet, for instance, um, a catechism of the Catholic Church or something we believe, what we believe as Catholics, and you say, this is the church that you married into. If you have any questions, just let me know. And of course, as a bookmark, you put um, the miracle of the Eucharist card. I remember someone found that miracle of the Eucharist card in Italy, and they lived in Long Beach, and they looked me up, and they said, is this true? And this young man traveled 45 minutes on a bike because he found this in his house, and he said, is this true? He did not know that it was really the Eucharist. So those moments of evangelization, so that's just another reminder, and I tend to go off. 
Um, confirmation is another time where our, our, our teenagers, you know, time for the Holy Spirit. Children, teenagers are really difficult. But what I do is I'll give them a, a, a scapula. We have these Benedict bracelets that very fashionable, but then I'll tell them about St. Benedict. And because it's a fashionable bracelet, they'll wear it all the time, and then you pray. Now those of you that cannot travel, you're not able to go out and, and do the work like I'm doing, prayer, adoration, taking that one hour of adoration for each child, offering your adoration for each child for their personal conversion. So prayer, prayer, prayer is first and foremost, but then every so often entice them to want to know more. But also praying that someone comes into their life that may be a devout Catholic, a Catholic that is practicing the faith, that will inspire them to want to know more. So, so that's, that's another area that um, you're, you're still encouraging them, but you're not putting pressure on them. And the more you let talk, the more it will reveal what their problems are. And eventually, they have to come to the reality that their information was wrong. And you, all you have to do is challenge them enough to, you know, look it up. You know, St. Peter was our first pope. You know, look it up. You know, Christ in the Eucharist, look it up. This is your decision and your relationship is between you and God. I want you in heaven with me. That's so very important. I want you there but it's your decision. And every so often you just give them something, whether it be a prayer card, something that reminds them of, of the God that you love. Now, confirmation is a difficult one, as I said, but if you keep talking to that child about, um, about God, about the saints, miracles, we all have a story to tell. Talk, you know, ask your, again, your grandson or your granddaughter, take them out to breakfast, go to mass, let's go to mass, mass and go out to breakfast. Start a, a routine where you can communicate with them and, and give them something, but talk about something that's miraculous, like the incorruptible saints. I'm sure you've seen that book, look it up online, the incorruptible saints, telling them a story of someone that was so holy that God blessed them in many, many ways, and here's how it was done. So it's another opportunity, the sensational aspect of our faith, miracles, that we need to continue sharing. People are most interested in that. Holy orders, ordination, of course, thanking our priests for, for saying yes to God. Uh, what I like to do on Father's Day, give a priest or a deacon uh, a gift, thank you for being my spiritual father and giving them a special book that might have something to do with uh, something spiritual that maybe made a difference in your life. There are some wonderful books out there. There's a book called uh, Real Man in Christ by Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Uh, there are some wonderful books, How to Get the Most Out of Holy Communion. Um, for the women, for children, there's a book called I Believe in Love, St. Teresa, uh, The Little Flower. Just little things that uh, inspire someone to uh, learn more about the faith. So, so thanking your spiritual father as well as your, um, your, your, your maternal father or paternal father. Uh, and then, in, of course, the anointing of the sick. Um, I remember a friend of mine, this Protestant friend that introduced me to Protestant uh, radio, her husband uh, 
ex-Catholic, um, was in the hospital dying. And, and she, she and I always discussed, she, she could not understand purgatory or Mary. Those were her two issues, purgatory and Mary. But her husband uh, was, was very sick, and he was not a nice man. He was not a nice man, and the two of them had this terrible, terrible marriage. That was their cross. And boy, we all have crosses, don't we? God does get our attention. And um, so I called a priest friend of mine who went and gave him the anointing. Now, the mom was okay with it. The daughters were, Mom, how could you do that? He's Catholic. What were you thinking? Well, it passed. When I went back to see her uh, recently, we talked about the salvation of her, her husband. And I, I asked her if she thought her husband and his lifestyle was worthy of heaven. And she paused because he, he was just a horrible person. And I explained, and that's purgatory. That's the mercy of God. Because God wants all of us in heaven. He wants our children our grandchildren, and that one person that you cannot get along with is the one person during Lent you need to connect with and pray for and inspire them, and, and you, in turn, forgive that ultimate forgiveness. And boy, we all have someone in our life that, that brings the worst out in us. But I'm sure we bring the worst out in others as well. So... Um, there are so many other stories. Um, I want to tell you about the dentist when I went to the dentist. <laughs> um, I'm at the dentist and they're working on my mouth, but before they started working on my mouth, I started talking to the dental assistant, and I don't know how it came up, but she mentioned she was Christian. I said, oh, I'm Christian too, I'm Catholic. Oh. And she started telling me all these things, and we're talking about God and, you know, all these things. So then the doctor, a female doctor, the dentist comes in, and, and the two of them start talking about God. And so then the dentist starts telling the assistant how she's not happy with her pastor. He's just not, um, he's not being very good. He's just, it's just a problem in their congregation. And the, everything's in my mouth, and I pull it out, and I said, that's why we have a celibate priesthood. And it goes back in my mouth, and, and they're talking again. So every time I needed to evangelize, I pulled out the water pick, evangelized, put it back in my mouth, and, and, and took advantage of evangelizing in the dentist. Well, then, after I left, they were, it was nice to see Christianity discussed. So I thought, I have a gift for you. So I went back and I gave them a, a talk, and I have some out there. It's probably my favorite evangelization tool. It's called Holy Shock. It's a Jewish woman that found Jesus. And I brought her that, and I brought her a, a series on what Americans need to know about the Koran, because men really are very historical. They like the history of, of the faith, and, and this is about the Koran, and, and we want to include him in our ministry. So I gave them the CDs. When I went back to the dentist, the doctor said her husband really enjoyed it. He learned so much. So needless to say, I brought more. So now every time I go to the dentist, I bring them material. And that's, you know, that's what you do. You have material at home that you, probably books and things that you have at home. Share them. 
give them away. But what you do is you give them and you ask people, let me know what you think. Just give me your opinion. I want to know what you think about this book. And you keep pestering them so that they will read it. You know, and eventually they will read it. Now with the CDs that are out there, you're going to find that um, these are the CDs that once someone listens to one CD and they have been inspired, you will change their life in a way that you will never believe. It's just amazing what one message can do. And Holy Shock is my favorite. There's another one out there called Rest in His Peace. And this is a priest that helps you to live and helps you to die. He was supposed to die in two months. He had cancer and he was supposed to die in two months. He lived for 10 years and I ended up uh, talking to him. We never met personally, but I got all his material digitalized and his message is so beautiful. He also wrote, you know, uh, The God That I Love. He helps you to live and helps you to die. It's that desire of wanting to know more about God. You know, unfortunately, our ex-Catholics will turn around and say, oh, your God, my God is not judgmental like your God. You know, you're, you just, you have no idea what you're talking about. He is not mean. Your God is so mean. Well, no, our God is so merciful, but he is just. And the Ten Commandments are not multiple choice. And we made a track for that. One person called and said, what do I tell my son? He's living with his girlfriend. What do I say? What do I do? And you can lecture all you want. So what we did was we created a little track. The Ten Commandments are not multiple choice. You know, and then it's between him and God. But as a parent, you did something. You said something. You inspired them. And eventually, through your prayers, through your adoration, they will come home. And I'm confident, I don't know if that's heretical or not, but I'm very confident that our faithfulness to Almighty God, I, I'd like to believe that he honors our prayers to the extent where our children will be saved. I'm not sure if that's heretical and mea culpa, but all God wants from us is to be faithful, be his hands, be his feet, his mouth, Bring him to the world. Change the world, one soul at a time. And there's one, um, he wants us not to be afraid. Be bold, be bold Christians, be bold. But what I'd like to do is just close with, um, oh, there, there's one other encounter. Actually, there are two more encounters that I think you might find helpful to you. One was a friend of mine went to the hairdressers and uh, this woman, her hairdresser kept talking about the turmoil of her children. They were a mess. They were, they were just a mess. They were, they were, um, she was an 11 year old, totally disobedient child. What do you say to someone like that? Well, what I would say to someone like that is, you know, have you ever heard about the saints? You know, there are these little books on the lives of the saints. Sometimes introducing the saint to a troubled child, introducing a book, there's a book called All About Angels, introducing them to, to the angels, the, 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 the teaching of the church in such a, a special way could transform that person's life. Um, the same person was going for x-rays and um, she had her rosary in her pocket and she took it out and gave it to the x-ray technician. He, he put it behind her and she had the x-ray. 
After the x-ray, he said to her, here's your rosary. And my friend said, oh, you know what that is. Now, my comment would have been, oh, you must be Catholic. Because he would follow up with, well, I used to be. And then you follow up with, really? What happened? Why did you leave? And that has been the greatest conversation in every, <laughs> every medical test that I take. We always bring up God. For some reason, God comes into the picture, and they always used to be Catholic, and you give them a special gift in your next visit. So remember, we're doing this for Almighty God. It's the season of Lent. Communicate with your children. Be faithful. Teach them about confession. Confession once a month is outstanding. It's like going to a psychiatrist. It's wonderful. We must encourage confession. Uh, they might say, well, we can go directly to God. But our priest gives you the words of, that, of absolution. And, and, and hearing those words of absolution, uh, very special. And, and just answering questions and teaching people what they maybe are not aware of. And what I'd like to do is just close real, real quickly with uh, this little prayer, which I think we're all encouraged to, to do. Live, live simply. Speak kindly. Care deeply. Love generously. For the richest person is not the one who has the most, but the one who needs the least. So let's go out. And remember, the new middle age is 90. So we have work to do. So let us go out and change the world, one soul at a time, all for the glory of God. Thank you very much.